0: Welcome back to the latest episode of the Just Def and Send It podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Baker. Um, this podcast was supposed to have been done like a week or two ago. But as I'm sure everyone can relate, other things get in the way. Like tonight was our last soccer game, as you may have remembered from uh one of the other earlier episodes. I had said that um some about two, or three episodes ago that I am my son's head soccer coach. And, uh, so tonight was our last game and, uh, it was, it was fun. It was a good game. Uh, Jack's had two goals and, uh, this weekend he had five goals. We won 11 to two. It's been fun, but, uh, finally get more time tonight. You know, it was, we're juggling baseball, soccer, and jujitsu i'm going to jujitsu so trying to get all this done and then reloading as well um so time has been a precious commodity that i haven't had an abundance of uh but first let's just do uh, a little recap from the guardian uh match that was a few weeks couple weeks ago in uh at pig river precision in virginia so Me and CL and Jeff made our way up there. And if you recall me wondering about my dope issues, um, in case you didn't remember, I did not get to shoot this barrel, with this bullet at distance before the match. So I had Jeff and CL take my rifle when they were truing up stuff of their own. They took mine and shot mine and the dope just didn't line up, especially at 900. Um, 900 was about almost half a mil off from what every calculator to get everything else to line up. 900 was off. Um, I think it called for 6.4 and they were saying it was 6.0 for a center impact at 900. I didn't put much. uh, I mean, I believe they saw that they, you know, what they dialed and what they, Saw was true is just I think there was some type of anomaly or something going on there. So, but you know I could get the other ones to line up, and I just could not get the nine hundred to line up on my calculator. So I didn't put much stock in it. We get up there. I had no intentions of being able to shoot at distance before the match started, but luckily Josh, we got there early enough. Josh was like, "Hey man, go ahead there and shoot if you want to go check your stuff," because I told him about the situation. So. Luckily, Josh Bandy was mighty nice and, and let me go up there and shoot. And, yeah, 900 lined up perfectly, 6.4 mils. It was money. So uh, dope was good going into the match. Uh, the first stage, uh, I don't know what happened on the first stage. I think I I got like th- three hits out of eight. I dropped five shots on the first stage. Um pretty much it was modified prone three targets, three different distances. Um, yeah, it had to be, I think it was one, two, three, trying to think. And then you had to hit the back one again, then go back down something along those lines. I don't have the course of fire in front of me, but anyway, I dropped five. Uh, then, and, and luckily I was not the first shooter of the day, like per usual. Um, no, that was Laurel Aikenhead, which she went on to kick everyone's ass except for Mike Burns. Um, she cleaned it, and then the next stage that I did lead off on was the mover. Now mind you, I have shot a mover in one match, and then maybe two matches. I think one, and then I have shot the mover at Frank and Mark's course in Tennessee uh, about this time. Well, April, October tenth of last year. When I went, I'm sure you guys remember that. And that was the only times I'd ever shot a mover. And so I was like, man, this, we'll see how this goes. So it was a 12 round stage and you had to hit the mover. And I think, was there a second target, a secondary target? I can't remember. Anyway, I, I got seven out of 12. And at the bat time that had tied the highest score. On that stage, which was only one squad before us, but I dropped five before I found out where my hole needed to be for certain. I think I was a little ahead of it to begin with. I had dialed my wind on and I dialed three tenths of wind and then just, I think it ended up being a two mil lead. I believe is what it was. So that was fine. Uh I had I you know I shot pretty damn well considering it was a new caliber. I shot the 25 Creedmoor with the Blackjack Ace. And I had like I said I'd never shot that bullet past 500, you know, 11 yards before that match. Well, excuse me, before the night before. Uh but never in a, in a match. I've never shot it in a match yet. So uh but I, I shot very well. Um the rifle ran perfect. My makeshift 12 round aw mag that me and cl made worked flawlessly so if you're wanting an aw mag for 12 with 12 rounds and not for a dasher like anything 308 base your creed moors your 308 whatever here's what you do you order the area 419 universal mag extension And then you take your follower and follower spring out. You put the follower spring, you try to center it up as best as you can and trace it with a pencil. Okay. Then you take a Dremel and you cut the floor plate about a sixteenth of an inch on the outside of your traced line. That way you have enough clearance for the follower spring to drop through the floor plate into the uh 419 extension now there's almost zero spring tension left because you got to stretch the spring out a little bit and and once it's you know dropped down to the bottom of that extension obviously that follower spring was not made for a magazine that long so there's almost no tension but the damn thing still runs uh like a clock so it, it works for me it's worked for you know cl's got one he was running in his uh, ultimatum he had a uh, 12 round aw mag. he was using aw mags in those and it worked fine now as far as running with like a dasher kit that would be a lot more finicky i haven't really given it i've got my aw dasher mags running flawless because I actually sold two of mine and I took CLs because he was selling his. And, uh, I was like, well, let me see how your, mine were running like, I don't know, 85 to 90% good, but it was, you know, the last two, two rounds that would be kind of finicky or maybe the last round, And it was just a pain. It's almost like I didn't want to shoot Dasher in my AI because it just wasn't right. I mean, I tweaked the follower spring. I got it feeding much better than it originally was for sure. I've tweaked the feed lips pretty decently, I guess. It just wasn't 100% in my AI. But I took his mags and they ran flawlessly i was like yeah these these aren't leaving my possession so i kept those mags and they're running great i don't want to fuck with them like i'm not the type of person that like i don't want to move my scope because it's zeroed perfectly or i don't want to take my barrel off or i don't want to do this no i don't mind i can get everything back where it's going mags completely different I i think especially shooting a dasher a, a BR based cartridge in an action International rifle. I I, I think them you just if you get them running, you don't mess with them. So, that's why I I didn't I haven't really tested putting a, an HRD kit or the PVA kit in my AW mag, the 12 round mag, but I mean, th- the feeding the dasher is Finicky enough in any action, and then you go and put it in an AI, which definitely was not intended for that cartridge. Even though you can get it running foolproof, and I have an example of that, but I didn't want to didn't want to press my luck, so I, I'm not touching it. It's just if I need twelve rounds, I have a AW mag for a Dasher. I'm just going to have to use my two my two round holder on the side of the rifle and do that. Uh, so you know but for my six Creedmoor, my 25 Creedmoor, my six, five Creedmoor 308, all of that, I've got a 12 round solution. So you guys can do the same. And it's, it's, it's very simple, but I had two stages, uh, that stage that the first stage and which stage was it? The tree, I think is a down tree. I've never no, it was the rocks. I believe the, the rocks at pig river, they don't move. They're gigantic boulders. They don't move. So they're the same. The only thing that would be different would be like the the course of fire, like how you got to run on the rocks or where the target is, the distance, the size of the target. Those obviously change every match. But the rocks stay the same. And I have always shot well off those rocks. Like I know those rocks. They're, they're good. And they're, you know, once you learn them, they're easy to shoot off of. I don't know why I just ate dick on that stage, but I think I dropped like eight shots on that stage, and it just killed me. That was those two stages I wish I could get back. So, you know, I got ended up getting twenty third for the day. Uh, CL got sixteenth. CL shot really well. Uh, he got sixteenth, and Jeff was shooting a like a ten or eleven pound. His hunting rifle. They're currently on their way back from Idaho right now on an elk hunt. They uh, he he wanted to take his hunting rifle to shoot day one with to to kind of get more time behind that rifle before he goes to Idaho with it. He I mean, and rightfully so. He's in his line of thinking was, hey, if I can shoot this in a match and shoot it well, then I can shoot it in any hunt situation. Which I agree with that line of thinking and he did shoot it well it's just a 10 pound prc (laughs) it's shooting the. he was shooting the 156 grain hybrids and those buck the wind great and they definitely hit targets with authority Uh, but there's just it's not like a big recoil monster he's got the pva avenger break on it and when i shot it for the first time i was actually surprised at for what it is, for the bullet and the amount of powder behind it, how tame the recoil was. But I mean, when you if you compare it to a Dasher or a Creedmoor, it's it's obviously going to have more recoil, uh, especially given its weight. It's a uh, I don't want to mess this up. It's a Defiance Ruckus, the medium length action. It's in one of the manners carbon stocks, the the really nice carbon fiber stock. And it has a 26-inch proof Sendero Contour barrel, I believe. And uh, he's got a Trigger Tech in it, I believe. Uh, He got the uh, new-ish, the new this year, I guess, Vortex LHT scope. I'll tell you what, I am super-duper impressed with that scope for what it is and how much it cost. it's i'm i'm buying one like i've, I've been, had my eye on one since i knew they were coming out and uh my good buddy uh wyatt uh he got one and i told him i wanted to see it you know before i bought one i hadn't got the chance to do that when jeff got one uh, I was very pleased, very pleased with that scope. He was very pleased with that scope. I think he's going to buy a couple more. I'm going to buy one to put on my Tika. I'm going to um, boot the Athlon Cronus BTR that I've got on my hunting rifle, which that's not really a hunting scope, but that's what's on my hunting rifle. I'm going to put that, that Vortex on it. I'm very impressed with that scope. So if you're looking for a, whether it be a crossover scope or if you want uh, a nice hunting scope, that you don't want to go break the bank on i mean my opinion look no further because that that lht is a it's a really nice scope for the money i'm trying to remember what he paid for i think he paid with his prs member discount at euro optic i think he paid like 1100 for it i mean that's hard to beat for and i guess you can't really agree with me until you get behind one yourself but it was uh if you get your hands on one I think you'll, you'll really be impressed with it. So one of those are going to go on my, my Tika. So, uh, he got 22nd, he beat me by one shot and, um, in one place, uh, you know, they're really tight. So, you know, if I could have gotten one of those stages back, it would have been, you know, a completely different. And he had a couple stages that, you know, that he ate, ate shit on as well, that he normally would have done well. Uh, it's just a different animal when you're used to shooting a dasher or a six Creedmoor, and then you go jump in a 10 pound PRC. It's a, it's a big difference. And he didn't really have, other than some prone time, you know, doing low development for it. He didn't have really any, uh, positional time behind that rifle. So, I mean, I think he shot it and ran it very well. So you go to day two, day two, you know, obviously you get paired up with, uh, someone at the opposite end of the leaderboard from you. If you're first place, you're getting paired up with last place. If you're second place, you get paired up with second to last all the way down the line until they meet in the middle. So, you know, me and Jeff are side by side, you know, 22nd, 23rd. And, uh, we were going to shoot together, shooting a squad together. And we got to kind of pick our RO. Oh, before I go any further, Mike Burns, you're the man. Mike Burns won the match with a 223, and I think he dropped like three shots all day. I'm telling you, Mike Burns is. I'm gonna have him on, Mike. I'm sure you're listening. To this you're coming on. I always just compliment him on how he went just from like two years ago, two two and a half years ago. He went. I don't want to say zero to hero, but you know, a mid pack shooter to he's in the hunt in every match he shoots and I'm always like, hey, dude, what's the secret, dude? And he's all, he's like, man, I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, practice, and he'll go through kind of like what he does with the wind, and, you know, he just, he's a hell of a trigger puller, and Mike just, he's a super competitive guy, but he doesn't have that, I don't know, ultra competitive spirit. It's just, he likes to shoot well, and he likes to have fun. He's joking. He's like... He's all sixes and sevens. Like he was all rowing and shooting, and he won it. So he was like never had his dope right or whatever. He still pulled it out. Like it's Mike is an awesome shooter and, and an even better guy. So if you ever have a chance to shoot in a squad with Mike Burns, do yourself a favor and do it and pick his brain. He's the type of guy that no matter what, he will take the time to help you. Uh, he he's a a a shooter's shooter, and I, I enjoy our friendship. And his uh, girlfriend slash, hopefully, future fiancé, wink, wink. um, She shot the match. She shot well. Dude, like, she, I think she beat beat us. Mackenzie, Mackenzie's a killer. She's been, this is her first year. I was with her when she shot her first match. And, I mean, I guess when you're dating Mike Burns, you get all the, the inside tips and everything because she's been, killing it this year especially the 22 stuff um maybe that's her secret maybe it's her shooting 22 stuff uh but she she shot great and um anyway so congrats to mike for winning fast forward day two jeff and i get paired up with two buddies that went to the match together which was awesome because you know we were in in next in line to each other and so were they so we me and jeff got paired up with two friends uh two really nice guys from uh ocean city maryland i believe uh court that kind of find out they were listeners they they didn't i didn't obviously i didn't name drop myself i mean i'm nobody anyway but i didn't mention the podcast i think he later after like two st- or three stages he was like hey are you david from the just seven Center podcast and i was like yeah he said dude like i was listening to you on the way up here yeah i, I love love the podcast i was like oh sweet uh Core is a really cool guy, really good shooter too. Um you know, I I was shooting great. I think I dropped like 13 shots for the day on day 2 and and he he shot I don't really didn't really keep track of how many we dropped as a team, but you know, wherever I may have dropped some, he's picked up some and vice versa. It worked out well. We ended up getting third place in the match. So that was really cool. Uh, it was definitely the the best finish in a guardian that I've done, as far as in the team aspect. Uh, not my best finish for a guardian, but best finish for for the uh, for the single day, but definitely for the team match. And I was. You know, it could go either way. You get paired up with a really good shooter, or you get paired up with somebody, which I don't mind. Um, but somebody who, who struggles—maybe it's their first or second match—and they're really trying to get their their pooping a group and, and get things figured out. Man, I and I, I watched him shoot the first stage, and then and then the second stage. I kind of gave him what I did, and he he's like, "Hey, I actually did pretty good on this stage." I said, All right, well, look, you just repeat what you did yesterday. And I'm, you know, I'm gonna stay out of your hair. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to ask. I can answer them to the best of my ability. And you know, we'll we'll just see where we're at, dude. I did not have to hold his hand. Nothing. I, in fact, I was like, look, I'm not gonna tell you how to shoot this stage. You you got this. Unless you got questions, you good. So yeah, I'm good. I was like, all right, cool. Roll with it. This is the targets you're gonna be going after, and this is the ones I'm gonna be going after. And let's let's do it. Let's cook so and and we did i didn't realize we shot as well as we did until uh mike burns came up to me after the matches He was like hey y'all got third it's like bullshit He said, no for real dude i just saw the computer y'all, y'all are third i was like well hell yeah cool uh team two we were team two so team two got third um too bad there was no trophies for day two for second and third place only the top team that would have been nice to bring home some steel some hardware but it didn't happen but i it doesn't matter i had fun and i really believe cory had fun i mean we, we had a good time so that's what was important uh but all in all the minox did wonderful the ai obviously did great the blackjack ace man that thing was a killer it was on all day anything i don't know about the first stage of day one because i was there was literally no wind at all dope was obviously dialed right perfect fine and i just i don't say i was just i guess drop them off the edge of the plate i don't know what was going on but it just I don't know. That wasn't the bullets fault. It must've been, I mean, I felt like I had good trigger. I was fucking prone. So I don't know how I really would have had bad trigger pulls, but apparently I did, or maybe there was more wind at the target than I anticipated. I don't know how that played out in stage one, but I ended up cleaning it the same exact course of fire on day two. I cleaned that stage and that was a little bit of redemption for me in my book. Um, but all in all, like I said, the, the trip was a success. We stopped at PF Chang's on the way back. We had some awesome food, had some bunch of laughs. And as always with the three of us, we are always there for the good time, talking shit, telling lies and, and, and having a good time. So, uh, next for me is the advanced long range precision course. I believe that's what the title of the course is called, uh, with Phil and Kalen for the modern day sniper guys. So, you know, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a sit down at least one podcast, whether it be for mine or his, theirs or both. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We hadn't really talked through that, that yet, but I'm excited about it. Really, um, good. Going to be good to see Phil again. And then, It'll be uh, it'll be nice to sit down and finally sit across and break bread with um, with Kalen Wojcik. So that's gonna be fun. We're really looking forward to that. Looking forward to the course. Hoping to learn some stuff and and you know, really just have time to hang out with the guys and and it's at Pig River. So anytime I get a chance to shoot at Pig River where it can work out, I always take it because that's, I mean, Josh is one awesome match director, but he's an even greater guy. And the facility is wonderful. I mean, it's, it's grade a, so, um, I think they did they had a course there last year and I think it went off without a hitch. Like they had a blast coming here to the East coast and shooting at pig river. I think Josh enjoyed having them. So I'm really looking forward to this course for all that and all the shenanigans involved hoping to pick some stuff up along the way Phil and Kalen are obviously to say a wealth of knowledge is an understatement but you know between I mean both of them are very accomplished competitive shooters but you know Phil is you know super competitor extraordinaire Kalen is the the wind guru and and everything else involved I'm excited about it so the difference is, is that I am taking a 25 cream more, but I'm taking it in a different barrel and with a different bullet. I have done, it was the easiest load development I've ever done. So just on a whim, I changed barrels. This is a different 25 cream more barrel than what I shot at the pig river match at the pig river, um, excuse me, at the guardian match. And I as you know, I shot the blackjack ace. So what I did was I screwed this barrel on. I wanted to see how it shot with the burgers. I have two well, I have I had 1000 of the 135 burger 25 caliber bullets. Uh from what I've read, it's it has a pretty standard velocity of 334 G7. So super nice velocity. I mean, excuse me, uh BC. So we're going to give them a go. It's a burger hybrid. So, I mean, I haven't found a burger hybrid. Didn't shoot yet. I literally didn't change shit. This is what I did. I had a few rounds. I think I had like, I don't know, 15 rounds left over from the, the guardian match. I pulled the blackjack bullets, dropped the burgers in and seated them wherever my die was. I did not even think about measuring with a overall length gauge or anything like that, testing like oh where's that and lands. I don't give a shit. I was like let's just see where I've got some time to kill and I've got a few extra rounds loaded up. Let's shoot them. Dropped the burger in, seated the bullet, measured it just for measured it just for record purposes. And yeah, I think it was like two point one zero five. It was where that bullet was seated. Went out and shot it. Over to uh lab radar. Now, mind you, this barrel is notoriously slow. I knew it's slow, it's been slow, it's slowed, everything that goes through it. It was 2767 feet per second, whereas that same charge weight, which was 41 grains of 4350, with the blackjacks and the other barrel was 2828. So they, I shot three shots. I mean, basically like one hole. I was like, well, that was easy. Um, low development done, but I wanted to see how, okay. An apples to apples comparison with the blackjack. So I came back with a couple more of the leftover rounds in with this barrel. And it was, what was it? Like 27, Ish, something like that. So you're looking at roughly 30 feet to 40 feet per second slower in this barrel with the same exact ammo than the other one. They both got about the same round count on them. So it's not a round count thing. It's just this barrel is notoriously slow. It's always been slow. So um I was like, all right, well, let's uh let's bump up the weight on the powder for a little bit and see what we can get. So I went, the highest I went up was 41.6. Okay. I'm not about, I could probably get these up to 2,900 if I want to. I don't want to, I want a soft recoil. And I mean, the BC does a lot of the work, you know, when you've got a, when you've got a BC and a bullet weight like that, you can afford to go on the slower side and still be doing something that maybe a faster six mil won't do. Uh, or even uh, a slower or equal to 6.5 won't do. I mean, the 25, the quarter bore is amazing to me because it really is the sweet spot. If you want to run that 131 at 3,000 feet per second out of a Creedmoor, you can do that. Now your brass, and without heavy bolt lift or, or pressure problems, but your brass is going to take a beating. And I'm shooting once fired six Creedmoor Hornady brass that i'm just necking up and then uh chamfer and deburn them because i've learned that i'm shaving bullets if i don't chamfer and deburr whereas i have never had to chamfer and deburr lapua brass unless i like ding the neck and you know mannered it out it might would need chamfer and deburn them then uh, like scalping the neck or something like that to get it back smooth i've had to do that but that was because it's a damaged piece of brass like it hit land on a rock just wrong or got stepped on but you know the pool of brass there's no need to chant from deburrs load and go these i was shaving bullets so chant from deburr but 41.6 gave me about 2800 it was 2800 feet per second with an sd of like four And it just didn't group as well. And I could have spent more time with a seat and depth test. But looking at the numbers at uh, like 750 and beyond, there's a two tenths difference in elevation, but there's no difference in wind. Well, honestly, I don't give a damn about the difference in elevation. Uh, Difference in elevation matters when you have a lot of unknown distance stuff right obviously the flatter the bullet the more margin of error you have for your error in yardage that you're uh, accounting for look we're we're lazing we're either lazing everything if we even need to do that but we're getting yardages on all of our courses of fire. There's no unknown distance stuff for most matches, unless you're doing like the NRL Hunter stuff or a team match or something like that. But a regular PRS style match, you know where the distance is. So the biggest thing you got to think about then is wind. Well, I I know where it shoots at 41 grains, uh, you know, quality wise, it groups tight It's small, fine, great dandy. Uh, The SDs were like an SD of eight or nine. I mean, that's about what it was in the Blackjack. Yeah, I've done very little with this load development with this now that I've gotten this latest lot of Blackjack bullets, which was earlier this year. And then now these burgers, it's been very little development, if any. I found my load for both cartridges. I mean, I should say both bullets in both barrels in no time. So it's been easy. I didn't even want to waste a bunch of bullets, a bunch of powder, a bunch of primers by doing a seat and depth test for what? 33 feet per second. There's no point. So I went back down to 41 grains and that's where it's going to be. So the other day I went and tested it again, shot at a hundred. I loaded up three of them, one hole. Great. I'm done. I'm done. 2105 base to OJive. Uh, the cartridge overall from base to ojive, cartridge to base, ojive to base, whatever. And 41 grains, it's done. So that's what I'm taking, but it is a 250, the, I guess your instructions of things to bring all this stuff for the course. It says bring 250 rounds. I've, I've got maybe 300 pieces of brass that are been completely processed meaning mandled up to 25 chamfered and deburred deprimed reprimed tumbled all that stuff before priming them obviously and then i think i've got like a hundred of them no that's not true there's more than that i've got about I'm looking at a hundred and eighty of them loaded so you know, I'm I'm over halfway getting them done. I'm going to take a few more rounds than 250. I'm not going to take just 250. I'm going to take about 275, 280 rounds with me in case I need to check zero for some reason or something isn't jiving. I got some to play with. I don't foresee the need for it, but I am going to take with me because, I mean, I shot it, oh yeah, I also shot three rounds at 500 yards you, what's was today monday saturday um heavy mirage too the like mirage was wicked as shit saturday so i'm i'm surprised at how well the 100 yard group was because i mean it was mirage at i mean it was it was mirage as shit and at 500 the half the target is covered with beans from my line of sight laying prone on my deck so i'm having to kind of aim at the top of the beans And then I get up with my binos after I shoot to check the group, whatever. And it was a, I don't know, maybe two, two and a half inch group at 500. So it's good there. But I haven't shot at distance yet. I will not have shot this at distance before I go to Virginia again. So my first time shooting it at distance will be in the course. I'm gonna take a few extra rounds. But back where I was saying, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take my tuner with me, my Adaptive Tuning Solutions barrel tuner with me in case maybe some reason it ain't grouping well at distance we're going to see if we can't tune that down and i mean we'll see if it works it's not going to go on my barrel but i'm not going to take it down there with all my barrel but i'm gonna have it with me and can unscrew the brake screw that back on re-zero and then start fiddle fucking with it that's the plan that's the plan for now so I'm excited about that. It's going to be a good time. And let's see something. Oh, yeah. Something I wanted to share with you guys. So I went to my local gun store here just to pop my head in to see what kind of powder they got. Um, Steve is the the guy that normally works behind the counter. And he is like always on the Internet every time I'm there looking for powder and primers and components and stuff to get an order and sell. He sees it. He buys it, period. And then he typically calls one of us to, hey, look, just so y'all know, I got some of these in. I'll keep them back here for you to get here. You know, good old boy stuff. So that was nice. But I walked in there uh, the other day, and Steve wasn't in there. And the other guy that's in there is an older gentleman. Always been very polite and nice. He was back behind the counter. And he had some other guy that a customer was in there, and I was looking at the the powder shelf and not seeing much. And I overheard the guy talking about, well, uh, he was buying ammo. So he had a box of Hornady Precision Hunter, and I don't even know what caliber it was. I think it might have been like 300 Win Mag or 7 Mag or... it could have been 7 Mag. I think it was 300 Win Mag, maybe. And there was only one box of Precision Hunter. They had three or four boxes of the match, of the Hornady Match ammo. Obviously, the difference between the ELDX and ELDM. He had asked if he could zero with the with the match ammo and then shoot the precision hunter to hunt with. Obviously, he's buying it for a hunting rifle. And then the guy, I forgot his name already, the guy working the counter was like, well, you don't want to shoot this one at game because this is a match bullet. You know, you want the hunting bullet. To so which you all know my feelings on that. I kind of standing in the background and said, well, I've killed a lot more critters with that same match bullet than I have that same hunting bullet. So you can take that for what it's worth. I said, you put it where it's supposed to go and it's a dead animal. And then, and that's, that's when he, he asked about zero and with one ammo, he said, well, let's look at it. So he turned the box over and looking at the velocities well this 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 match ammo is a little bit faster than this one so you're gonna be about one click high at 100 and I started shaking my head and he looked at me like what are you shaking your head about I was like yeah it doesn't really work like that I said you might share the same zero or you may be you know five clicks to the left and two clicks down. It doesn't matter of the velocity at 100. I mean, I can have a faster one going, a lower impact. It's just the harmonics of the barrel. Now, I'm not saying it can't be higher, but I'm just saying you can't. It's not exact science. It's not even close to a, a anything close to exact science. Your zero is not going to work that way. You can't just shoot this one and then just have one click, drop one click, and then your zero for the other ammo. It does not work that way it may not be any difference in ammo. I mean, I've got, I've got ammo. That's completely different bullet ca- uh, uh, or, or ammunition manufacturer. And they share, so I got three ammos that share the same zero. Like, that can happen, but it's, you don't know until you find out. But I said, you'd be better off just to buy you the, all them boxes that match ammo right there and call it a day. And you zero with that and you hunt with that. And I could tell, old boy, behind the counter, old Elmer Fudd did, was, did not approve of that. And I asked him, I said, hey, those uh, boxes of Hogan powder back there, is, is there 43.50 in there, is it? I, I i don't know. Okay, that's fine. So normally, Steve's like, hey, go back there and look. Look and see what's in there. I, I can't remember what's all in the boxes. Like, Steve would just say, go back there and look. As I walk back to the, Shelf where the where the powder was. He, I, I didn't touch anything yet. I heard say, no, 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 there ain't no forty three fifty in there. I'm like, well, goddamn! You just told me you didn't know. As soon as I walk over here, you seem very damn certain of what's not in these fucking boxes. But I could just tell he was salty because a customer told another customer some shit that he didn't know. And to me, there's no. There's no need for that. Like, I hand load ammunition. I shoot competitively. I shoot a lot of rounds with a lot of different loaded ammo at 100 yards. I know how it works. This isn't Grandpappy's 30-alt-6 where you're just mixing and matching ammos and calling it a day because you can hit, you know, two pie plates at 100 yards. It, no, it don't work that way. But he he definitely caught, caught some feelings about that. Interaction, but whatever, fuck them. I don't care. But it, he's definitely not Steve. Steve would have been like, "Hey, ask that guy," or if Jeff and or CL had been in there, he'd be like, "Hey, ask ask one of them. They'll be able to tell you better than I can." So you know, as they're sitting there with their uh Ruger pistols, open carry on or whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. But the fuds are in full effect, guys. So you go to your local gun store. I'm sure you all have. Uh, similar experiences than that where it is very obvious that you know more than the guy trying to sell you something. Most times it's when they're wanting to come sell you something and they're going to tell you something all oh, the, it's the bees knees cat's ass. And you're like, yeah, actually that's that pistol actually sucks ass dude. Or like, no, I'm not buying this Ruger American, not to say there's anything wrong with it, but you know, or, your the rim to 700 is not the, the new sniper rifle you know who knows what the fuck they come up with you've all been there but yeah it's just something i wanted to bring up you guys i think y'all get a get a kick out of it um this podcast is being recorded on my new laptop that i purchased solely for the podcast i have i have done literally nothing on this computer except for uh, download the Audacity app that I'm recording on right now, and Skype for interviews. And I mean, it's cool. It does everything I need it to do. Um, it is an HP Envy to X360 or some shit. Man, I don't know shit about computers. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna do everything I need it to do. It's small, packable, and fast for. I mean, what I'm doing. And, uh, the only thing is I've noticed when I started recording this, uh, before this one, I was recording some testing ones cause I haven't recorded anything on it yet. The, I had to find the microphone on the audacity app and it started recording and through the microphone, which was great instead of the onboard microphone of the computer. But when I went back to listen to it, it's not playing the audio through my headphones. Like that's weird. Normally if the headphones are, cause I, I'm talking to you on a microphone headset combo thing and uh i I mean normally i don't have any problem with it playing back through the audio through the headphones so i'm i don't know if that's a setting on the on the laptop or something on audacity i'm gonna figure it out but i just hope i get it figured out before i need to do a skype interview but i am going to be i've got a couple people lined up to do a podcast one is a company in the tripod sector of the industry and i think you guys are, are going to enjoy that one um uh, i met him at the guardian match he came down and took some photos some pretty cool photos he, has some, he got some pretty cool photos of me i was I didn't know he was even there. Uh, it's one of those little ninja thing. He, apparently he was right beside me when I was prone, but I had no idea he was even there. I don't remember him taking him. but, uh, yeah, we'll have him on, uh, whenever we work it out, I got his number and we'll, we'll I told him we would get it ironed out. And then I, I want to get, uh, Christian and Rick back on and, and, um, sam as well we'll get them back on uh just give i'm gonna wait till some more stuff drops from vision slash gcp rifles before that way we've got obviously that to talk about but like i mentioned in the interview with them i want to talk to really christian on on some stuff basically the European perspective of what's going on in the country and kind of what's going on there. We, we, we touched on it briefly in our episode we did, but I want to go into more detail. And then, you know, Rick with maybe a little bit of history of GCP and what he's got going on and Sam for the token connection between us, you know, us four, I guess. And I'm working on some other guys. So y'all, this is gonna be a short one tonight. I didn't really have a whole lot. I want to go over a recap. Um, I'm trying to think is there anything else uh that i want to go over i did order the what's it called the coltac playbook mike burns has one and i like it a lot it's a little uh nylon not nylon is that nylon is that considered a nylon product or whatever um soft good but it's uh, like a binder that we got a little bungee th- holder for two pins and your kestrel and then it has a a small clipboard it goes on the inside and i'm like man that's perfect for you putting your course of fire and i'm all like sitting down so typically what i do with take a course of fire and if there's well actually even if there's only one target uh but definitely if there's more than one target i'll read the course of fire look at the order and then on the course of fire i will write the dope for each target distance and then i will then have that and then put that on my little data board that's on my scope which also from coltac which i really enjoy that and it's got a little small whiteboard that's velcro velcro on velcro off you can turn it whatever turn it sideways turn it long ways um, i use these little name tag sticky notes like you see on people's shirts at like a convention or something like that i just use that i take i peel one off put it on the board write my dope target order whatever any of my notes and then either peel it off or just throw the next one on over top of it but i always write in my course of fire and then obviously like how many if i even keep track of how many misses or impacts or whatever any notes i'm always having it sitting in my lap and like you know, if you got nothing hard to write on, it, you can just, your pen, your pen will just plunge through all this crap. The handwriting is disgusting because you have nothing hard to bear down on. This little playbook is called the Coltac Playbook. This thing is perfect. It's got a little uh, bind or clipboard. You just clip the course fire in. You got something hard to write on. And then, like I said, your Kestrel's in it. You can fold it, close it back up, put a bungee cord that keeps it closed and slip it right in the front of my pack. And everything is there in the same spots, pins, kestrel, course of fire. It's awesome. Things like 40 bucks. Well worth it. I can't wait to actually use it. So I bought that and I am going to buy a Lee Wilson Arbor Press cedar die for the 25. I have one. That's what I use for my dasher. I drop powder while the next charge is throwing. I put my dasher case in there, drop bullet, using a little Arbor press, boom, done. By the time I've got that loaded round into the round um, box, the ammo box, my next charge is ready for me to throw, uh, to pour into the uh, case. Well, that's, I missed it. When as much as I've loaded that 25 so far, I've missed having that. So I got to get one of those dies. I'll probably just go, if they don't have, I don't know if they have a 25 Creedon one specifically. I'll just go with the 6.5 because I'm loading on a 6.5 Redding Type S die in my um, Redding T7 press as it is. So there's been no problems with the seating stems and all that stuff. So either way, there's going to be a Lee Wilson Arbor Press die, Cedar die for the 25 here soon. Other than that, I don't think I have anything. I'm sure there will be something that I forget um primers primers are shot are showing up places guys so look at midway brownells precision reloading there's that especially brownells in midway and what was the other one the graphs shields one of the other they've had primers pop up now some of them have been cheaper than others there's i've seen some go f- on the website for as much as 125 per thousand which is fucking criminal Uh, Because then you got to pay, still got to pay the hazmat shipping, but I've also found them for seventy nine dollars a thousand. That's obviously basically double what they were, but given the current market, you can't get. But so stingy, you're going to have to. If you want to buy primers right now, you're going to have to pay the same as powder. You're going to have to pay more than what you did. So that's. I was very comfortable with that. I've. You can only buy 2000 at a time, but I found them twice. So I've got 4000 uh, CCI 450s in the last few weeks. They're popping up. You just got to be quick with it. You either got to check them, these sites every day. If you have a computer at home or at work, that you can just have a window with all of the places that sell powder and primers um, that you typically order from. Have a tab open that you keep open and then you know, just refresh it every day and just see what's in stock. Um, there's been some powder come not as much as primers that I've seen. You know, I hadn't seen Varget. I think there was some 8208 that popped up for a minute, but I didn't get any. Uh, I haven't seen 4350 or Rotumbo or H1000. I know Jeff's hard up for some H1000 Rotumbo for the PRC, but, um, I did have a pound of rl 26 and a pound of h1000 that i sold them i don't really have anything to, to load that for but i had it so I, I helped a buddy out and i and i sold it to him for literally what you would have bought it for two years ago so i'm not you know looking to start price gouging my best friend so but there is stuffs popping up some. So just, you're going to have to just stay on your toes and get it. It's look, everybody's having a deal with this shit. You just kind of, you got to get slick Willy, with it and, and catch it when it's there. So good luck to everybody looking for components. Components are hard up right now. Um, and, uh, hope everybody's year. I don't know, depending on where you are in the country, uh, you know, hunting season it is upon us. And, you know, you're going to have to maybe not shoot some matches for a certain couple weekends because you want to be out in the woods. I don't blame you. Uh, Some of you, I mean, your match season's over with because of weather. Like, it's already colder and shit and a lot of snow. Uh, Here in the southeast, we could really shoot matches. We do. We shoot matches year-round. The only time it kind of has a hiatus is, like, right now and into November simply because of hunting season, not because of weather. But, uh, yeah, any of you guys shooting matches or on your hunting endeavors, good luck. And, um, may the odds be ever in your favor. So sorry if this one was boring guys. Uh, get over it. Although yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, have the next podcast will be a good one. I'll have a lot more, a lot more content and hopefully be a lot less busy. Jax has got Two baseball games left. He's done with soccer. And so now it's just jujitsu and things should open him up. Definitely going to do probably uh, at least one more podcast before my course. Maybe do a truck cast on the way up. And then it'll either be a podcast for this podcast or one for the modern day sniper. Either way, you're gonna hear me filling Kalen together, and make sure if you're not, you know, subscribed to the Modern Day Sniper. Make sure you are, because if you're not, you're wrong. They've got awesome content. They have awesome guests, guys that that you that you never knew, like you didn't know them, but they have crazy wealth of knowledge to share. Uh, most of the time, it's on the military sniper side of the house or maybe LEO sniper. You know, it's definitely geared more towards that on most of their guests or maybe just like a some ballistician-type person. It's all good stuff. Those guys, they never put out a bad episode. So, I do. This is probably a bad episode. They never put out bad episodes. So, make sure you're going there and downloading from them and you're subscribed and you catch them. So anyway, guys, 54 ish minutes in, uh, hopefully this one sounds okay. It's a new computer. So, uh, money well spent in my opinion. So hopefully everything sounds right until then. We'll catch you on the flip. Where there's my mouse. There it is. Bye.